Good evening, church. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. My name is Cole. I'm the pulpit minister here at Central Church of Christ, and this is Dan Spaeth. He's one of our elders. And this is our Wednesday evening conversation through the Law and the Prophets, where we crack open the Old Testament, we get in, and we see what, what God's trying to teach us. Um, this, uh, If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you're li uh, you like the video and you're subscribed to the channel so you get notified every time we upload a video. If you're watching this on Facebook, make sure to like and share. That really helps us out. If you're listening to this on the Heart Hands podcast via Spotify, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, here at Central Church of Christ, it's our mission to be God's heart and hands in this community and beyond. If you'd like to learn more about what that means, or if this ministry has blessed you in any way and you'd like to participate in it, you can go to www.churchofvictoria.com. There you'll find out more about our, our what we're doing here, and there's a donate page there where you can contribute to us financially if you feel so if you feel so inclined. We're going to be in Exodus chapter 8, I believe. Yeah, we're going to pick up in chapter 8. I think we're on the third plague. Yep. And so we've been we've been at this for a while. So uh, if you haven't checked out any of the older episodes we've done, or if you want to check out some of the textual courses we've done, hey, look around on YouTube or look around on Spotify, and you can easily find them. You ready to pray? Yep, let's pray. Let's go. Father in heaven, thank you so much for the opportunity we have to be here. It is a, it is a blessing uh, and encouragement to us, and I pray that it's an encouragement to our audience. Father, we pray your blessings upon them. Uh, you know each one of them. You know where they where they are, and we just pray, Father, that uh, something we will say or do will help and encourage them and lift them up uh, when when they watch this video. Thank you for them, Father, and thank you for the opportunity again. It's in Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. People don't realize how much how much fun we were talking about endangered rats, man. <laughs> and we had to we had to stop this thing a couple of times and. Because I couldn't quit laughing. Anymore. Yeah, it really threw me off off the intro this morning. This <laughs> yeah, you were stammering a little bit, weren't you? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, well, so. I had endangered rats on my mind. Anyway, <laughs> um, speaking of rats and gnats and all those fun little critters. Uh, so, you know, last week where we left off, uh, you know, we start to see the cracks. <laughs> that all rhymes, doesn't it? We're starting to see the cracks a little bit in Pharaoh's. Um, in Pharaoh's heart, I'd say, you know, it, it got so bad that he turned around and looked at Moses and said, hey, you know, fine, I'll, I'll give you what you want, you know. So Moses well, went to go pray. He was compromised a little bit. Hey, I mean, he really, he said, y'all can go, but not really go. I'm not letting y'all go. Right. I'll let you go worship out there, but you got to come back. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, so he's, so he's working on it. But when Pharaoh saw in verse 15 of chapter eight, when Pharaoh saw that there was relief, he hardened his heart and would not listen to Pharaoh, Moses and Aaron, just as the Lord had said. So again, you know, I'd like to point out, there's this discussion about hardening of heart. So far, God has not hardened this man's no, heart. No, he's hardened his own heart. He's hardened his own yeah, heart. Yeah, this is, this is a, a common thing we talk about, you know, people have talked about before. You know? And, you know, it's, it's so important to remember, you know, it's, I think especially because we talk about a God so often of second chances. Mm -hmm. And he is. I look at my own life and I'm like, you know, God of 50,000 chances, you mm -hmm. know. Um, but we also have to remember there comes a point where he's done. You know, and it's not, it's not up to me to tell you when in your life that's happened. It's not up to you. You know, it's not up to us. We're, look, we're servants of God. We're not God. God is the authority in that. He's the one who says enough is enough and I'm done. I think, I think it's a, that's a great lesson we can all learn from this is God's very patient with Pharaoh here. Yeah. I mean, God could have just gone and blowed it up and got his people out. He didn't do that. He gave them a chance. He did. He did give them a chance. I think part of it, he's trying to teach his own people. Mm -hmm. you know, because this, some of these plagues are going to come on all of them. They're going to all deal with it. Right. Not just not just the Egyptians, but some. it's going to come yes. on all of them. At some point in the plagues, God will single out the Israelites. Yes, he and does. say, the Israelites aren't going to suffer this. You're going to, the, the Egyptians yeah. will suffer this. Yeah, right? and, and I, think it, I think part of it was to, was to teach his own people. 
that, hey, I'm God, because they've been crying out to him for a long time, and they've been in bondage for 400 years, so they haven't really, or they've been in Egypt for 400 years. They haven't, there'd come a point when they had uh, not seen God working. Now they're going to see him work through Moses. You know, and thinking about them suffering through those plagues for a second, you know, we've talked a lot about how God's deliverance plays out when he, when he shows up, as we've said, right? When God shows up. Yeah. Um, I don't think when they're sitting there praying for deliverance, they're praying for a basket full of frogs no. or water to be no. turned into blood. No. You know, and so God's deliverance doesn't always, I mean, it's an understatement in this case, but it doesn't always look like what we think it should look like. No. You know, look at Job, you know, and that's an easy one to go to, but God's doing something there. You know, he's getting his glory. And I think that's also something that's very difficult for us to accept, that God is going to be glorified with you or through you. Well, I think people that are watching and, and you and I, we've kind of come to this understanding to understand that that if you're if you're on a road trying to find God and you're really truly looking in God's word and you're trying to apply stuff, God's God may be working in your life and he may he, he's unfolding his plan in your life. He's, he's waiting for you to be obedient. He's waiting for you to to move things out of the way and make room for him in your life. And he's but he's got a plan unfolding. Now, whether you he's going to be whether you're going to allow him to fulfill that plan or not, that'll be up to you. Absolutely. That's up to us whether we're going to. And, and let's clarify when we're talking about being obedient, we're talking about obeying the gospel. Yes. absolutely. You know, we're not talking about some man-made list of, of checklists or some no, nonsense no. like that. We're, we're just talking about obeying the gospel. You, you need to be obedient for God to respond to God in love requires obedience, according to first John chapter five. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's definitely just one of those things. I, I want to clarify that because sometimes, you know, it's YouTube. You can go out and find all sorts of people oh, yeah, saying yeah, all sorts of things. Yeah. So I want to clarify, we're talking about obeying the gospel. Yes. Yeah. Responding and, to and, the, and the and kingdom that, message. And in that gospel, Christ. Jesus said, you know, that if you're going to follow me, you're going to follow me and you're going to be my disciple. And this is what you have to do. That's right. And he said, you have to deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me. And that's being obedient to the gospel. So how should we respond? You know, we looking at his deliverance here how should we respond when god's deliverance or, or when things in our life because we you know we know god is working right we know god works out all things for those who love him for the good of those who love him we know he's working according to his plan we know he's going to eventually win we know he's going to fulfill the, the hope that we have in christ how should we as christians respond then when god's deliverance or when god's working in our lives doesn't go the way we think it should well, that's going to be difficult because there, there are all kinds of things happen in our lives. And we're going to, if we're going to connect it to God, you know, connect those things to God. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's very difficult when someone dies in our life or when, when, when we lose a job or when, you know, when we get sick or whatever to say, okay, well, God's got a plan here. God's, God's unfolding the plan. I got to be, I think, I think we just need to trust. We, we have to get to a place where we trust God and we say, okay, I believe that I'm your child. I believe that you, you're my father and I'm just going to trust what's happening. You know, it's like a little child. I mean, you got three little kids. They, there's a big a big part of their life every day is trusting that you and your wife are going to do what's best for them. That's true. And well, they do it implicitly. They don't even they couldn't even characterize that. You know, they couldn't even they don't verbalize know any that. They, right. And we have to get to the point where we don't know any different. Because mm. they don't know any different. They don't know how not to trust you. You haven't given them any reason not to trust you. Now, some families, you know, kids don't know that how to how to trust parent, how to trust adults because adults have been so vicious and so mean to them and so. Uh, so despicable in their lives. But you and your wife or me and my wife or, or people that I know, you know, that kids just trust because that's just what they do because they know they can trust their parents. And I think that we have to get to that point too, where I know I'm going to trust God. And so I'm going to act accordingly. 
Well, and I think t- to some extent too, ascribing, you know, it, don't be don't be shy about. So right, we talked about obedience a little while ago. How do we love God? We we obey Him, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna tie this in real quick. Um, if you're outside the church, you have it's when we're talking about obedience, we're talking about obeying the gospel. Mm-hmm. If you're in the church, if you've already obeyed the gospel, then we're talking about walking with Him. And I would say this is a cornerstone of walking with God mm-hmm. is getting to that point in your life where it's implicit. You just implicitly know that God is working and you're going to trust him. It, you may not understand the writing on the wall. You may not understand why you got fired. You may not understand why, you know, these things are happening, right? We may not understand it, uh, but we know that God is working. And I'd like to point out that, you know, we're real, cl- we're real quick to blame God when things go wrong. We're real quick to look at this and go, man, I just got this car accident. What is God? What? I don't understand what God is doing with this. I don't understand what, you know, or I got, I've gotten sick or a loved one has passed away. And I'd like to remind people that, you know, the enemy is working. The enemy is hard at work. Now, God, I think the reason we go back and we blame, we, we put the, put it at God's doorstep is because God has all authority. But God has allowed Satan to roam. He's allowed him to do things. And so he's let loose the enemy and the enemy does things to us. And part of that, God is going to use the things the enemy does to advance his mission and advance his cause. So he's taken all the schemes of the enemy and turned them on their head. We've got to endure through it. Yeah. We've got to hold on. Yeah. And so when good things come, give glory to God. Absolutely. Give him praise. Give him glory. Don't be shy about That's it. That's what these people forgot. For goodness sake, church, don't don't give it to luck. <laughs> no. These people forgot. They 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 understand it for a for a point. Right now they're they're going, you know, and this one here, this one, the plague oh, of that. Yeah. You yeah. know, that there it says these these guys gonna be everywhere. All the people experience this. That's they right. all of it. Well, anyway. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, this is this is really case in point for this. Look at verse 16. Then the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron, stretch out your staff and strike the dust of the ground. And throughout the land of Egypt, the dust will become gnats. They did this. And when Aaron stretched out his hand and the staff and struck the dust of the ground, gnats came on people and animals. All the dust throughout the land of Egypt became gnats. But when the magicians tried to produce gnats by their secret arts, they could not. Mm. So now we've left left the magicians in the dust. The magicians didn't stick in school on look, look at the, the rest of it. Yeah. Since the gnats were on people and animals everywhere, the magician said to Pharaoh, this is the finger of God. Yeah, when he turned the entire Nile into blood, that wasn't the finger of God. When he made frogs come out of everywhere, not the finger of God. Because they could do that. Right, because they could, they, you know. The, they have duplicated. You, have you ever seen the, uh, the animated movie, The Prince of Egypt? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you know how they did it? They did it in like this bowl. I wonder if that's really what they were doing, right? The entire river, the Nile, goes red in blood, right? So it's all blood. They're sitting there like putting potions in a little water thing and stirring it up and seeing, ah, we did it. You know, I'm just, I'm just curious. Well, I don't if know. everything was already blood, how did they make more blood? How they, what, 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 what how they, how they do that? I don't understand how they did that. Well, see, we're digressing back to big time. You know, big you know time. we need, we need to stay on point here. We have a problem, you know. Got, folks, sorry, we're working on it. We got a problem getting off point sometimes, chasing rabbits all over the place. I'm just, I'm just trying to we, picture it in my head. We don't need, we like. don't need you to call us and say, guys, y'all are chasing rabbits all over the place. We already know that. We, we, we've got people telling us that. that hey, as long as it's not an endangered rat. Um, but you're <laughs> right. The magician said to Pharaoh, "How do we get there? How do we... <laughs> this is the hey. finger of God." Yeah. But Pharaoh's heart was hard. And he would not listen, just as the Lord had said. Yeah. And so again, notice the Lord isn't hardening this guy's heart. How, how aggravating do you think this plague? Because you know, Booty Pearson used to say t- t- all the time, oh. "This is a ten-lesson Bible correspondence course for Egypt." Okay. 
wasn't just for Egypt, it was for Israel too. But how, how, how inconvenient you think? I know bloody water, frogs. Well, not bloody water, blood. Blood, yeah, blood. Oh my blood. gosh. Look, and, I've worked in EMS, okay? okay I've been yeah. around a lot of blood. Blood is not water. You, you do not mistake the two. Those, those scientists talking about the Apur tablet we talked about last yeah. time, claiming that, oh, well, you know, the water oh, yeah. looks red because of clay. Look, look, I've seen clay red tinged water, okay? Eh, that's not blood, okay? Blood is blood, all right? I've seen enough of it. It's nasty, man. It's mm, nasty. And it smells after a while. It smells. I yeah. mean, it it's got a distinct odor. I've never really smelled in a great deal human blood, but animal blood has a distinct smell to it. Mm. It, it smells. So anyway, yeah, and I was going, I was thinking about this, about the gnats. And yeah, I used to bow hunt a lot. And people that people that, that know me, that are watching, they know that I, I bow hunted a lot. And, and bow season in the state of Texas is, is during the month of October. And the month of October in the state of Texas is still fairly warm mm -hmm. it's fairly humid it's fairly hot you know and so you can hunt bow hunt during the middle of the day and it can be three four o'clock in the afternoon and you're sitting up there with with the, you know with your camouflage on and it's uh, and it's it, it's stifling i mean it can be hot and the gnats in some some instances can be awful you can't move okay you can't move and, and you're trying really hard to be really quiet because you're in an environment. You're in a in a in a deer deer's environment. It's like me walking in your house and trying to hide in your house, or I don't know your house mm. and trying to hide without you mean you knowing I'm there. Mm -hmm. You know, and and understanding how acute your senses are to your house, and and these and you're trying. You can't like this. Can't because they're, they're 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 just a nuisance. Oh, and man. think about what it, the dust became gnats. I can remember them climbing in my eyes, in my eyelid, you know, and climbing up in, and I'm trying to mm -hmm. dig this gnat out of them. They're going up your nose and, you know, and you got this mask on and it's, they get inside this, this fishnet mask and they're buzzing. Around. Oh God, it's just, it's just inconvenient. Got, and there's guys that are watching saying, I, I know what that's like because I've been there. It's just, it's just, just, just awful. You gotta been really just you guys, man. These things need to go away already. And this is all over the all over the land. So even the even the Israelites were experiencing this one. Yeah, no, it's it's absolutely horrific. Uh, I can only imagine. I can only imagine. But I, I understand that Egypt has a dusty place and there's a lot of yeah, a dust lot of around. a lot of gnats. A lot of, lot of gnats. Not, not, not good. So a lot of gnats. then the Lord said to Moses, "Get up early in the morning and confront Pharaoh as he goes to the river and say to him, This is what the Lord says: Let my people go, so that they may worship me.'" If you do not let my people go, I will send swarms of flies on you and your officials, on your people and into your houses. The houses of the Egyptians will be full of flies. Even the ground will be covered them. But on that day, I will deal differently. And so now we start to see that change, right? But on that day, I will deal differently with the land of Goshen. If we recall from Genesis, that's where the people had settled, where my people live. No swarms of flies will be there so that you will know that I, the Lord, am in this land. See, will, here he makes a distinction. He does. I will make a distinction between my people and your people. This sign will occur tomorrow. So God says, man, you guys really like them net so much. I'm going to send some flies now. <laughs> oh, my gosh, man. You know, and flies, flies are, they're, they're just nasty. Well, and in, in the summer in Texas, we've had them get into the house, the gnats and the flies. You know, I had to buy one of those little things, that those little those light things that it lit up at night and then it had a fan in it. And it, no, no, it didn't do that. It sucked them down into it really? onto paper, onto sticky paper. And so they were, man, I mean, 
And we're look, we're not dirty. We clean, no, but during the summer, it's hard to yeah. keep those things out of your house. Yeah, it's cr- and they're so frustrating. The flies are worse because they're so big; they can get away from that thing. Yeah, uh. <laughs> yeah. Uh. and they're and they're just disgusting. And they're disgusting because, because they they just they they light on all kinds of nasty stuff. Yeah, and then they come and light on your light on your plate. Mm. You know, just nasty. Mm. So, and the Lord did this, dense swarms of flies poured into Pharaoh's palace and into the houses of his officials throughout Egypt. The land was ruined by the flies. Then Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, go sacrifice to your God here in the land. All right. So now we're going to, we're going to try step two of the, the working the deal, right? We're going to compromise. We're going to compromise the deal. Compromise the deal. So, you know, one of the things I've taught on my Wednesday night class, I taught a lot about covenants. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because, you know, we're in a covenant with God under Christ and and they will eventually we're going to get to the point where God establishes his covenant with these people with the Israelites. Um and one of the things we talk about quite a bit is God never ever looks at man and says, "Go ahead and dictate the terms of the covenant." Yeah, no, ever. Never. 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 Of all the covenants God makes, th- those co- types of covenants. So when I'm talking about a covenant, I'm talking about a contract, okay? That's that's really what we're talking about, an ancient contract, okay? And God never looks at a man and says, you go ahead and tell me what you want to do in the contract and I'll tell you what I'll do. He never does that. God always says, this is the way it is. And it's up to us to obey that contract. That's why, that's why that term, you know, that phrase obey the gospel is there. When we're talking about obeying the gospel, we're talking about entering into covenant with God, entering into contract with God. And we do that through our obedience to the gospel. Hmm. And so Pharaoh here Pharaoh, of course, let you know. Let's let's put it bluntly here. Pharaoh thinks he he is a god, according to their society and their religion and yeah. everything else. Pharaoh is a deity. Yeah. Okay. So Pharaoh summons Moses and says, "Fine, we're going to do it this way." And he tries to make that arrangement with God. But Moses said that would be not that would not be right. The sacrifices we offer the Lord our God would be detestable to the Egyptians. And if we offer sacrifices that are detestable in their eyes, will they not stone us? We must take a three-day journey into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God as he commands us. We're going to do this the way God says. Pharaoh said, I will let you go to offer sacrifices to the Lord your God in the wilderness, but you must not go very far. Now pray for me. So Pharaoh says, oh, okay, fine, we'll do it, but you ain't going very far. Now please go pray for me. Moses answered, as soon as I leave you, I will pray to the Lord and tomorrow the flies will leave Pharaoh and his officials and his people. Only let Pharaoh be sure that he does not act deceitfully again by not letting the people go to offer sacrifices to the Lord. What is the responsibility? I think this is an excellent place to talk about it. What is the responsibility of the church to the world? Uh, our responsibility is what he told us in Matthew 28. We have to. We have a responsibility as a mission statement, vision statement, whatever, to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Absolutely. And we have a responsibility to make disciples mm-hmm. of all nations. Absolutely. Teaching them to be obedient to God, teaching them the covenant relationship of God, teaching them the precepts of God, and then baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's, that's the that's the command. And that's and I I one hundred percent agree with those things. Um, I I think that's what the pinnacle mission of the church. Mm-hmm. I think that that's God. I think that's getting back to the garden, honestly. God wants to rule with man in the garden. He creates man. He wants man to rule with him. And so it's all about mission, right? And then we see in the church, right, which is humanity, the beginning of humanity restored to that garden relationship in the church. Well, let me- We see God bring the church along. So I agree with that. 
But what I'm point, what I want to point out is this: Peter calls us royal priests, mm-hmm. and our our high priest is Christ, who is in the order of Melchizedek, right? And I, I'm sorry, that's kind of a deep cut for for some, so don't worry about it if you don't know who no, Melchizedek no. is. Um, but Jesus is our high priest. We are royal priests, so we are reigning priests with him. But what were the responsibility of the priests? And if we go to Matthew, we see right, we're supposed to be light to the nations. What Moses is doing here on behalf of Pharaoh is something as the church we need to understand. Our responsibility to the world is not to condemn the world. No. The world already, church, the world already stands condemned. It's, you're, we're you're supposed to be, a, to be light, a light to the world. But not just, but what does the light do? What Moses is doing for Pharaoh. One of the things that we should be very quick and very, very uh, excited to do is offer up prayer on behalf of the world. The world is lost. They don't oftentimes understand why they're lost. I mean, it, it, Paul characterizes They don't even this, understand that they are lost. They don't understand that, right. Paul characterizes it as a kingdom of darkness. So church, it's our responsibility. How do we bring the light? You know, there's that really, that song, bring the light, you know, yeah. the, the, the blessed gospel light, let yeah. it shine, right? How do we do that? Well, we do it by good works, right? God has created good works for us to do. That's Ephesians. But we also do it by praying on their behalf. By being the priesthood. That's what the priesthood would do. If you're my Wednesday class, Wednesday night class, you've heard this before. But that is what the priesthood is supposed to do. They're supposed to be God's representative to the people and the people's representatives to God. And that's what Moses is doing here. And that's exactly and that's what, what Moses doing. is doing. Yeah. Look at look at Pharaoh. He is a jerk. Yeah. Who wants to pray for that guy? Yeah. You know, he comes to me and says this, man, go boil your head. Well, you and, you, and you ask yourself, <laughs> what good are they going to do? You're not going to listen anyway. You know, Moses is already telling him, now, don't be lying. You know, he, Pharaoh's like this with his hands crossed behind his back. And yeah. He knows. Yeah. You know, Moses Got his fingers knows. crossed. Yeah. But that doesn't stop Moses. No. He goes no. and prays for him no. anyway. Church, we've got to be people that pray on behalf of the world. We've got to be people that are eager to pray on behalf of sinners. And I and I think here, I think people do that. I think I think we're I think we have people here that that are that are more than willing to to and 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 do it. They, they praise for a lost world, praise for opportunities in that world to share the light and share the gospel with them. You know, I mean, this this church here is very supportive of this ministry that we do. You know, oh, yeah. very supportive of, you know, I mean, we just started the bus ministry up again. And, oh, and yes. you know, they they went out and got a couple of people and and uh, and maybe get a few more. And, you know, that very, very interested in bringing the light. You know, the more the, the world sees of us and hears of us, the more they say, oh, that's that place over there. Yeah, I know about them, you know, because of the things that we're doing. Absolutely. We are bringing the light. I think we are. I think I think not all churches are, but I think we are here. Well, right. And it's not I'm not trying to in any way. Uh, I'm not trying to shortchange Central at all. I, I'm here because I it, it's what I'm saying big. is people are watching that don't know us. Oh, OK. Yeah. People that know sure. us, they know that what you're saying is, OK, we already do that. Yes. But people are watching that don't well, know. Well, and what I'm what I'm dealing with too is a lot of I've heard a lot of people, you know, say, I can't teach like you do. I can't and my point is that's not we we're not all we're not all gifted to do no. what I'm doing. I don't want you know, sometimes there's this this thought that, you know, we want everybody to, to quit their job and become preachers. That's no. that's not what we want. We want you where you are to be a Christian. And that this is what a Christian does. Moses is a perfect example of what a Christian does. You've got a boss that belittles you, pray for him. Or pray for her, whoever whoever that is. If you've got a difficult situation you're in caused by a coworker, be eager to pray for that person. You know, the world's going to look at that person and go, I don't want anything to do with them. be kind to that person. Be eager to be kind to that. Be eager to show love to that person. That's what Christians do. 
You know, we don't we don't condemn, we don't attack, we don't we don't do that. Yeah. We should not be a people and that, that do that. And that's and that's that is a great point here from what he's saying. What you know, because Moses does pray for him, and God does, and and the Lord did what Moses asked. That's the right. flies left, and his officials and his people, and not a fly remained. I mean, they didn't have a fly left in the land. Took them all. Does Pharaoh but, deserve this? Well, of course he doesn't. But you know, God's got a plan here. And he said, but this, but this time also, Pharaoh hardened his heart and would not let the people go. See, he did it again. You know, and the Lord knew he was going to do it. Of course he did. So why did the Lord do it? Do because do Moses, this? because, because it's not about what God knows or doesn't know. God, God's not in the business of, of, of just, you know, taking away the opportunities for us to grow and learn. Moses is going to learn and grow from this. Aaron's going to learn and grow from this. The people of, mm, of Israel are going to learn and grow from this. You know, for, for God stepping back and said, okay, watch Pharaoh and see what he does. Okay, watch the world. Today he's saying, okay, watch the world and see what they do. See the chaos that comes from darkness. Mm -hmm. See the chaos. Where then you will appreciate the light more. Mm -hmm. I wonder sometimes we go to people go to church, they sing oh hallelujah and oh all the how love Jesus and all these, and they watch the kids go put their money in the offering and, and all that, and it's all great. But do they really understand? how beautiful it is to be in the light and not have to deal with the chaos of the darkness. Man, I was, I was just talking to, uh, when, you know, our, one of our new brothers in Christ who, who put on Christ recently. And I told him, I said, is there, I mean, is there any amount of money you would take? Is there any, anything that you would take to let go of your position now in God and go back to the way you were before. No. Now understand before when I first when I first got in touch with this guy again and we first started talking again, we'd been childhood friends. Mm -hmm. Said his life was empty. He said he was hurting and he was he would grown up Catholic, but he was looking at starting to getting and get, he was looking at getting into uh, Buddhism and uh Hinduism not for the religion, but for meditation, Buddhist meditation. Trying to, Hindu, find, it, right? trying to find answers. Trying to find answers. Trying to, he was looking at trying to take on some of this Eastern meditation. Mm -hmm. And uh, now in Christ, you know, we studied, I forget how long exactly we studied, but we studied together for a while and he, he decided to put on Christ. He decided to, to, to pay the cost and put on Christ. And when he did that, um, I mean, it's just been, it's like night and day. It's like night and day. And, He's got a joy about him, you know, and we've seen this happen with lots of people who've put on Christ, who've made that decision. When I talk about paying the cost, I'm talking about counting the cost of becoming a disciple. Well, I, it's I think, not an easy thing yeah, to do. I think do. that, Cole, I think part of part of this, seeing the beauty and the wonderment of the of the light is I get to I get to experience it with people like you. Hmm. And I get to experience it with somebody like you that I didn't know five years ago. I, I didn't know who you were. I couldn't have put I couldn't have picked you out of a crowd. Hmm. Uh but I, but we have we have inter, intertwined our lives together now. Now we get to be a part of each other. And then, you know, of course, y'all are going to watch this in a month, you know, from what we recorded. But, you know, this past yesterday, you know, a very good friend of mine, a very a guy that I studied with a long time, Lawrence Zelensky, came by to see us. And, uh, and I hadn't seen him in, in uh, two years, mm -hmm. three years, four years, maybe. I don't know how long it's been since I've seen him. They moved to Houston. And he got a job in Houston and they moved and, and, uh, and it and and I have such fond memories, and it's so so the and we had we had our ups and downs. And Lawrence be the first, and he told you first, you know, the only yeah. student I ever had that wanted to take me out in the front yard and roll me around in the dirt. Some I guarantee you, he's not the only student you ever had that he's the only one like told that. Me. He's the only one who told you. What are you saying? What are you saying? And and uh, 
but he and I have a great relationship. He mm-hmm. told me he thinks about me all the time, you know, and, and a lot of what we taught, studied and learned, he still he still applies in his life, and uh, and I get to be a part of that. And you know, when he walked in, when he walked in, the moment I saw him, I jumped. I had to hug him, man. I had I had to hug him. That's the beauty of the light, mm. the chaos of dark. People don't realize you're in the dark. They don't realize the chaos until they get out. Of, like your friend, you know, he's going to be here in a, in a couple of days, isn't he, to help with... Maybe, maybe. May, well, if he, but he may come here and help with some of the technical stuff here that we need help with. And, you know, that's amazing. He, he's no longer in the chaos of the dark. He's in the wonderment and the, and the contentment of the light. Yeah. That's amazing. And I can't... I can only give you words... Chaos and contentment, you can't understand it until you experience it. Yeah. You just can't. You know, the 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 difference between Pharaoh where he's at and where Moses is is com- night and day different. Mm. Night and day. Yeah. And it's and it's just it's amazing here for us because you said asked what our responsibility of the church is. I think part of it is is to let the let people see the contentment of the light. Mm. Let them see it in you. Be positive. Be be excited. Be oh man, I can't I can't wait to go to church. I can't wait to be with my brothers. You know, I can't wait. You know, by the time y'all see this Thanksgiving, it'll be over. And but you know, we do something every year, and we invite certain people. We have we come here to the building. Our family doesn't have a place big enough for our family, so we come here to the building to, and we invite people that that don't have any place to go. If you if you didn't get invited, well, I mean, I'm sorry if it was an oversight, but we're we're inviting people that don't have any place to go, and then we had a couple that was coming, and now they found somebody's going to come to their house, so they're not coming now. Great, that's all. That's great, but you know we're going to get to be with 30, 35 people that uh, that are our brothers. It's going to be a contentment of the light. I'm gonna I'm gonna sit back and I'm gonna pray for them, watch them eat. You know, it's going to be it's going to be amazing amazing to watch because you know in in a past in the chaos of the dark. I wouldn't even know them, right? Wouldn't even know them. Couldn't have picked them out of a crowd. Well, and that's and, and that's something to remember. I think that that true contentment, true joy, the thing that we're truly looking for, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't come from the world. No, there's nothing. Look, I mean, if if it did, if it was about money, then people in Hollywood be that be happiest people on the planet. Yeah. And what do we see that they're not? If, if guys, if you're watching, you're hurting, and you feel alone, and you feel downtrodden and downcast. Maybe it's because you're trying to navigate mm. through the chaos of the dark and not looking at what, you know, Jesus offers contentment. He offers peace of mind. Paul said, I forget where it's at. I think in Romans, he said, I've learned to be content in every circumstance. Philippians. I think. Philippians. I've learned to be content in every circumstance. That's because he found from the dark to the light. Mm. And that's where contentment yeah. is. And Philippians it's, for him, yeah. And it's a, it's amazing, man, to 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 find that that you know I want you guys to find the contentment that Pharaoh obviously doesn't have. Moses does. He's on a mission. He's probably getting more and more confident as he goes along. As more and more of these are more and more of these plagues go, you can see Moses' con- confidence starting to increase. Aaron's confidence increasing. And they're gonna they're gonna have to do that because they're gonna have to be the example for the nation of Israel, the whole nation. Because God's going to say, follow these two guys. Mm-hmm. Follow them. And I'm going to take you into the wilderness where you haven't been in 400 years. That's scary. 
It's going to be especially scary when they start making mistakes, but God is good. And God is good. All right, let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much for the opportunity we've had to study. Father, I pray that, that, our, that our class is, has, uh, has paid attention. I hope they've learned and understood that so much stuff in the Old Testament was written so that we might learn and might grow and might have contentment, have peace and hope. And, and I pray, Father, that we've gotten that across this evening. I pray, Father, that you bless all of our audience, wherever they are, whatever circumstance they find themselves in. I pray, Father, that you help them to navigate through it and be successful by following you. Thank you, Father, for the opportunity. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.